Hello, my name is Marion Rose and welcome to this podcast where I'm going to talk about loving limits. Now, I wonder if you've heard of the term loving limits. It's actually one that I came up with myself and I love it so much. To me, it really, in the words itself, it really holds the quality of what I'm talking about. So what are loving limits? To me, there are two kinds of uses of loving limits or two kinds of uh, yeah two kinds of ways that we can use them so in the first kind of way this is really where our child maybe ha is wanting us to do something and we we don't have the resources or we're tired or perhaps they um, they want to do something and it doesn't meet our need for safety or, um, yeah, again, where we don't have the resources to support them. So it's really very much a here and now thing, this first type, whereas the second type is, is not so much a here and now thing, and I'll talk more about that. So if in the here and now, perhaps your child wants you to... What can we think of an example? Think of, think of an example for yourself. They want to... Um, you to read them a book, they want you to get them something and they're, they're relatively calm and happy so this isn't, the second type is more when your child has got some big feelings bubbling so they're already feeling upset whereas this is more kind of here and now things uh, and here and now needs. So if in this example they're, they are wanting something and really you're Basically, we are not feeling willing to give them that thing or do that thing or support them in that. So in this way of thinking, I really like to think of, is there, I think it's so helpful as parents to, to express ourselves authentically. And I think giving really clear no's is a really helpful gift to, I think often if we don't listen to ourselves and we say yes often when we actually really aren't willing to what that can often do is lead to resentment we can get frustrated and as that resentment builds and builds we may then find ourselves acting in frustrated or harsh ways or you know doing something that we really don't want to do so listening into ourselves and to our nose is a really really helpful thing and the sooner we listen and the more clear we are with those no's, the more helpful things can be. Whereas if we if we don't listen and don't listen and don't listen, then often things aren't going to go very well. Now obviously there are times though, for example if you have a baby and your baby's in the other room and they're calling to you and you're not really, you don't really want to go, but there's no other adult in the house and they're not able, maybe they're not able to crawl yet, they're not able to get to you, then clearly the most helpful thing is going to be going to go and go to be with them and in those cases I think sometimes lots of self-empathy can be really helpful oh, I really I'm tired I really don't want to go and giving that empathy I really hear that yeah I'm really tired I'm so tired yeah I hear that you're tired sweetheart so we're giving that that's for me in a loving mother giving us empathy then we can make the choice to go and do that thing but where it's a situation where you know your child maybe wants you to read another story and you're really not willing you know it's not an 
essential need. Yes, it's an important need, but it's not an essential one. So there I think it's really helpful to be really clear. I'm not willing to... Uh, so in this, in this case, I often think empathy first is really helpful. So really here, sweetheart, you want me to read you another book? Yeah, you really, you're loving reading. You're loving me reading your books. I really hear you. And I'm tired now, sweetheart. I'm not going to read any more books to you. So do you hear that in, in that situation? It's giving empathy first hearing our child and what they're wanting what they're requesting what they're needing and then setting the limits so the loving limits simply i'm not willing to do that right now and then after that the piece is listening to their feelings about that so this is more of a here and now thing so it might be listening to their disappointment listening to their frustration they might cry or they might just look fed up we, we, can listen to that. Are you feeling disappointed, sweetheart? You really wanted, or you really wanted me to read that next chapter, or you really wanted to go to the park, or you know whatever it is. So the beautiful thing is we can we can say no, but we can stay present. So we can listen to how the no is for them, and I think that's really what part is part of what makes this loving. Is it isn't just saying no, it's really listening to the the repercussions of the no, the impact of the no on them. And I generally, unless, of course, as I say, if it's in a situation where the need is is really, you know, it's a, a need for connection and they're not able to get to us or it's a, you know, a, one of those really primary needs that isn't that food, they're really starving, any of those kinds of things. But if it's a need that, or a, a request that they have that's about something that, you know, they... They're going to have feelings about, but they're going to be fine. Then I think it's actually much more helpful if we really have a no to say no, just clearly, lovingly, to and to listen compassionately to their feelings. Then either say yes and yes and yes and yes repeatedly, and then and then do it and do it and do it, but end up feeling resentful and burnt out and frustrated, where we're then much more likely to get angry, get frustrated, get get harsh get you know that they're basically going to pay for us not listening to ourselves so I think that's a really really helpful thing to remember and I think if you're a mother uh, I think it can be really helpful to remember that this is something that most of us didn't learn while growing up to be to set clear loving limits that aren't uh, harsh but also aren't us overriding consistently overriding our needs Yes, in the moment, sometimes we may need to put our needs to the side to respond to our child. But if we're doing it repetitively in places where we, we really could do something differently, then I don't think it's helpful for anybody. So that's the first kind of loving limit. So it's really more about, um, in a way, those ones are more about us. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that's how I would categorize. So when I categorize these two, I would say these types of loving limits are more about us. Not always. So for example, in the safety example, um, that's more about them. But on the whole, it's more about when we we don't have the resources to, um, or it's really just so not alive for us to meet that need or say yes. Whereas the second type is much more about our children. 
So this is more when our children are acting in ways that indicate to us that they have got some big feelings bubbling up from the past. So again, this is the other difference. The first kind were about the present, uh, more about the present. This is more about past feelings bubbling up. And with this type, you're going to see the feelings bubbling up either because they are repressing those feelings. So that would be something like they're, they're sucking their thumb, they're sucking on the dummy, they're, um, they want to be on a screen all the time. They're, you know, they're doing something which is basically um, taking them away from being connected with themselves and their feelings. And you'll be able to, to, to sense that in their, the way they're being. They'll be avoiding eye contact. They'll perhaps look a little bit kind of frozen or dissociated. Or, on the other hand, they've gone into aggression. So you may have heard the way I categorise the, the three ways we can be with feelings, expression, repression, or aggression. So we've talked about repression. Aggression is the other ways feelings start to bubble out, but it doesn't actually help them, doesn't help anybody if feelings bubble out in that way. So in those kinds of ways, we're going to be seeing them hitting or biting or throwing things or taking things or pushing things, being rough with themselves, with us, with others, other children, with pets. Uh, and that generally signals that there are some painful feelings bubbling up, but they're not getting to come out in healthy ways, not getting to come out through expression. So they're kind of coming out through aggression, but not really coming out. It doesn't actually the thing about aggression is it doesn't actually express the feelings. It's, try, it's them trying to, but it actually doesn't express them. So again, there are two different ways we can respond to these two different things, that repression and the aggression. And when it's more of a repression, if we're going to use loving limits, there are other things we can do too. We can go in for connection and present time. We can go in for attachment play or we can go in with loving limits. So if these terms aren't familiar with you or you're not familiar with my work, I invite you to have a look at marionrose.net. I have lots of free articles there where I explain about these things, free courses and paid courses too. But if you want to find out more about present time, for example, I have a really lovely uh, free four-day course all about present time. It's amazing, magical. All about more connection and how so many of the things we find challenging um, that children do is that are actually from unmet needs. So when we meet their need for connection, those behaviours reduce or go away altogether. So present times one. Attachment play is another form where they get to release feelings through um, connection and particular kinds of play and laughter. Uh, again, I have... Um, so, so present time is a, f a type of attachment play. And again, I have free course on... I'm in an introduction to attachment play too. So we can go in with those two pieces if a child's repressing feelings, but we can also go in with loving limits. So that might be, you know, if your child is um, really clear example might be if they fall over. And so you know they've fallen over, they've clearly got some feelings, and straight away they say, I want some chocolate or um, I want to go on the iPad. So those are the times where you can be really, really clear. 
that they are trying to repress those feelings and that could be a time where we set a clear loving limit. So in that example again I would give the empathy first. I really hear you want to have some chocolate right now sweetheart and I would probably say something like, I don't think you're hungry right now sweetheart I'm not going to give you any chocolate right now I'm right here and I'm listening or I'm not willing for you to have any chocolate right now or so we're, we're setting the limit again and do you see how the limits it's compassionate it's not harsh it's just setting the limit it's giving the empathy first and they might ask again I really want some chocolate I know sweetheart you really want some chocolate I hear you I know how much you love chocolate I'm not willing for you to have any right now, sweetheart. I'm right here and I'm, I'm listening. Looks like you're feeling upset. So I wouldn't do more explaining than maybe once or even possibly twice about the not being hungry. Giving information is helpful, but if you keep giving lots of information, that can also take them away from their feelings. So it might be something. So this is... This is, by the way, a generalization. This isn't, this isn't a have to, and this is just my way of doing this. So once you find this approach, and if it resonates with you, you'll find your own way. This is, this is my way. So, yes, the empathy first, and then the limit. Now, there may be other examples where you're not so sure, is this feelings... Or is this an immediate need? And there's there's one great way that you can find that out, which is you can go to meet the need. So if they're asking for something sweet, for example, and you're happy to give them something sweet, give them something sweet and then observe them afterwards. And if, if half an hour later they're still talking in an agitated tone of voice or they're really antsy or just you can just feel in your body that they're not feeling happy, then it probably tells you that that wasn't the need. And then if they ask for the same thing again, then you might feel comfortable to set a loving limit there. The wonderful thing again about this is, A, this is, there's no right or wrong way to do this. The other thing is that you can really observe your child. So it's, it's always like observing, okay, what happens if I um, set that loving limit? Now the thing here is because we're setting the limit on the way they're trying to repress the feelings, then when we set the limit, what we expect is the feelings to come out instead. And they're likely to come out either in, um, in some crying, some, some expression of upset crying or raging or a tantrum. And that's where we can just stay and listen and love them and keeping offering empathy. I'm right here, sweetheart. I hear you. I'm listening. I love you. And I wonder if you can hear my words when I connect into that. It's also it's our physical presence, not just the words. That's that quality. I'm right here with you. I'm listening. I see that you're upset. I'm going to stay right here with you. So we're really setting the limit with what is taking them away from their feelings. And instead we're offering our presence. And what our presence does is it helps them connecting with their bodies, it helps them express those feelings for themselves. And we're right there with them, and it's our presence and our love and our compassion that helps the expression of those feelings to be healing. Very different from a child crying on their own. So let's pause for a moment, let's go back. So the first type we had were the loving limits, which were more to do with us and our capacities and when we don't have the capacity to say yes or in a situation where there's something that's dangerous 
And then there's this second type of loving limits, which is more when our child has feelings bubbling up and they're either showing up as repression or, or aggression. So we've talked about the repression piece and how you can either um, move in with present time connection or attachment play or loving limits, which is the piece we talked about. But what about if your child is about to or has just, uh, I'm going to talk about to, has about to hit or bite or throwing things or is pulling the dog's tail or is pushing someone or any of those kinds of behaviors. Now from this perspective, which by the way all comes from Aware Parenting, which was created by Aletha Salter PhD. You can find out more about her work at awareparenting.com. So from this perspective, all of those behaviours are generally caused by pent-up painful feelings. I do want to say, of course, sometimes there are other elements there. There may be physiological things, there may be allergies, body things going on. So of course, you always want to keep that in mind. But often, a large proportion of the time, those behaviours are actually calling, 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 are actually caused by painful pent-up feelings. Now the paradox is, it may seem when our child's doing those things that they're feeling powerful. But if you think about yourself, have you ever gone into using power over your child? Maybe you've got a little bit threatening or a little bit harsh. Maybe you've got a bit shouty. You've you've put them in the car seat or you know, I don't know how old they are, but you've used your greater power over them. In that moment, were you feeling powerful? I mean, you may have done for those five seconds or however long, but just before that, were you feeling a sense of power in yourself? Now, what I'm imagining you're probably answering is no, because what usually happens is when we're feeling powerless or scared or really in a, that sense of being in a corner, that is when we use power over, and it's just the same for children. So the paradox is, usually in those moments, there are actually old feelings bubbling up, old feelings around powerlessness, frustration, helplessness, fear, that are, that are bubbling up in that moment, often because in some way they're being reminded of that in the here and now. And those feelings come up, and it might be because you know another child is there and it's reminding them of something, or now, there's some way in those those feelings are bubbling up and they instead of going into the powerlessness, the hurt, the fear, they're using power over instead, which is the hitting, the biting, the throwing things. Now this is really important to hold in mind. And it's this context, this way of thinking, that helps us stay compassionate when we're acting. Otherwise, if we're thinking other things about them, and maybe it's particularly judgmental things, it's going to be really hard for us to get, move in with a loving limit. It's also really hard to set loving limits. If we've got big feelings bubbling, either from unmet needs or our own past painful feelings showing up. So really helpful to remember that. So, first piece is to understand why they're doing that. And then I wonder if that helps see that this aggression piece, that when we set a loving limit with the aggression, what I always say is we're saying no to the behavior, but yes to the feelings. And we're not saying no to the behavior in a way that's harsh or punitive or judgmental or shaming or disconnecting. Because the paradox is if we 
If we do any of those, we're only going to add more painful feelings onto our child's upset. And by the way, if you, if you have ever responded in those ways, I do invite you to, to refrain from judging yourself because the wonderful thing is they can also heal from all of those things in these same ways that we're, that we're talking about now. So basically, the, all the loving limit is doing is really clearly, I call it a neo-no. You know the film, The Matrix, where right near the end he says no to the bullets and he's really clearing himself and they just drop. This is to me so similar to that because what we're doing is we're seeing that the reality is a child's aggression is not, is not because there are any of the judgments that you have about them. It's actually because in that moment they're feeling powerless, scared, um, frustrated, and they're doing that out of that place. So in a way that's like the bullets falling down because we're seeing that actually all they need in that moment, they, they actually need love. But they need loving limits because we it's not about, because if they keep hitting or biting or throwing things, A, we don't want anyone to get hurt, including themselves, but it doesn't actually help the underlying feelings come out. So when we set loving limits, we set the limit, we say no, lovingly, very lovingly no to the behavior, but yes, absolutely loving yes to the feelings that are lying underneath. And that's when those feelings can bubble out in the original ways that they're there. The, the feelings that are sitting underneath, the aggression can come out. So whether it's helplessness, frustration, powerlessness, hurt, disappointment, loss, fear, those can bubble out in generally in tears or tantrums or raging. So it's in a way quite different to those first type of loving limits where we say no. Um, and in a way it's similar because they may cry then, but we're saying no to behavior. What we're not expecting is our child's just gonna go, oh, okay, I'm not going to hit or bite or throw things. And now I'm going to be completely happy. No. What we're doing is precisely offering the, the connection and the love. It's, it's that combination of the love and the limit which makes, in often cases, the feelings to be able to come up. So that's when they might start bubbling up. They might start going, no, but no. They might start trying and start hitting more. That You can keep as, with as little force as possible. You can put your hand on their hand. I'm not going to let you hit, sweetheart. I'm right here, I'm listening. Yeah, I see that you're upset. I'm not gonna let you hit Johnny. And I'm right here with you. No, I'm not gonna let you pull the dog's tail and I'm right here and I'm listening. So we're staying really present with them. This is what I love about Loving Limits is they're kind of revolutionary because in a culture we haven't really learned about this. In our culture we tend to go either to, in not just in parenting but in all ways, we either tend to go to putting up with having harsh things done or we go into power over so we either go into kind of like fight or flight whereas this what I love about this and I love you probably hear me talk about this loving limits we can use in every different situation too because really all what we're doing there is we're staying connected and we're setting the clear no which really actually is a, a place of deep connection and we can do it in other relationships too. We can say no and we can listen to the feelings. We, can, we don't need to go into our own rage 
or give up and let ourselves be hurt. So what I love about this is it's so relevant in so many other um, relationships and situations. We can say inside ourselves as well. Perhaps when we're being harsh to ourselves, no, I'm not going to let myself say that to myself. And I'm right here. Oh, no, I'm not going to similar. I'm not going to go and um, eat that another bar of chocolate. And I'm right here with myself instead. Loving limits are so wonderful. Anyway, you, if you're already familiar with my work, you'll know how much I love them. And but I talk about them not only in parenting, but in all relationships and intrapsychically in our inner relationships too. So wonderful, so wonderful. And what I love about them is really the the way I see it is the the um, divine marriage between the divine feminine and the divine masculine. It's love and limits. It's absolute unconditional love and clarity and limits. And I don't tend to use the word boundaries. I know other people like it because to me, um, yeah, I have a I don't enjoy the connotation of boundaries. That's why I like limits. But again, you choose whatever suits you. So, and of course, there's so much more to this. And again, if you if you enjoy this way of looking at things, I do invite you to come and have a look at marionrose.net. I have um, what you might might find particularly helpful here is my free introduction to making friends with children's feelings course. I also have a paid version of that where I talk more about loving limits because. You know, there are ins and outs and intricacies around it, but really this is the, the main clear point is we're, we're seeing the cause of those aggressive behaviours or the um, repression behaviours and we're setting a limit. Well, in both cases too, in terms of the repression too, we're setting a, a limit with the behaviour um, because in the repression it's holding in the feelings with the aggression it's trying to get them out but it's not letting them out so we're saying no to the behavior but we're saying yes to the underlying feelings so they're similar but different and it really is that combination of our the really i talk about a neutral no it's really neutral it's not aggressive it doesn't need to be aggressive. and by the way if it ever does come out in that way you know children can still um, let out feelings uh, in those ways and we can always refine our capacity to do that it takes some practice I find I found for myself um, to really set these clear limits and what else did I want to say totally lost my track there <laughs> mm, so yeah but really knowing that the limit can be neutral uh, yeah if it isn't neutral and you and you do get frustrated your child can still heal from that afterwards you can listen to their feelings there are tools that to help prepare from that but really the the more we practice them what I found for myself is the more we get that real clarity of simply a no doesn't need to have charge it doesn't need to have um, all these reasons why underneath you know particularly in that first example when we're saying no to doing something they want to do we don't need to justify we can explain but simply a no and listening to the feelings and as I say this is really you can probably start to see yourself in your life I think particularly if you're a woman there are often ways that you know loving limits can be really helpful and I think really helpful as well if you're a man because I think often growing up in this culture men often learn that the only ways to to set limits or boundaries are 
with aggression or force. So really learning that actually it's, you can set limits in really clear ways that, that are not aggressive, that are not forceful. It's simply a clear no. And to me, knowing where our no is, is a really powerful thing to have as a parent. And it's really helpful, I think, for children to know those. And again, that it doesn't need to be harsh or disconnecting. The paradox is, you know, as you're probably seeing, that saying no can actually be an incredibly connecting thing. It can connect us to ourselves. It can help our children connect to themselves and their deepest feelings. And it can help them feel really connected with us. Whereas if we're saying yes and yes, 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 to this, that, and the other, and we really doesn't feel like a yes inside, they're going to feel that. It doesn't feel connecting. And if they're hitting us, for example, and we're just accepting it, and we're not sending a loving it, but there, that can feel really disconnecting too. We're simply, I'm, I'm not going to let you hit me, sweetheart. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm listening. I see that you're upset. I'm not going to let you hit me. So this is really an intro to loving limits. And again, to summarize the two different types, the more here and now, and the more about upset feelings from the past that are bubbling up. In the here and now, really remembering it can be more helpful than saying yes when you really don't mean yes. But of course, there are going to be times where we do need to say yes for, um, in particular cases, like you know, with a baby, uh, in, especially with the younger our children are, the more this is likely to happen. Um, but also how important it be can be to give ourselves empathy in those cases. And in the second type, we can set loving limits around re um, repression or aggression. And how important it is that we stay connected with ourselves and we stay connected with them. And how my experience has been that loving limits can really transform things. You know, when our children let out the big feelings that are causing uh, the aggression or that are leading to the repression, then they can be so much um, calmer, more connected, uh, more cooperative, more concentrating, more peaceful. They can often sleep more easily because they've let out the feelings that were causing the agitation and, and all those other things. So I hope you found that helpful. Again, if you want to find out more, I have lots at www.marionrose.net. I look forward to seeing you in another podcast. Bye for now.